How is it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 39 of the Zoobcast. We're back. We're back after a couple of weeks, but not nothing nothing like our, our previous hiatus. Uh, yeah, hopefully we carried, never get to that level again. Yeah, which carried multiple months, but this was okay. Two weeks. Uh, I'm here with Louie. We are not here with Josh, but I'm here with Louie, who is back from, from the distant land of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, as If you follow the Zoobcast Twitter account, you may have seen that Louis explored the city. Uh, you saw the, all the great landmarks there. That definitely, that was him. You saw it in the tweets. You saw it. Swam there, away so. from a polar bear, you know. Yeah. Oh, met yeah. up with yes. Dylan DeMello. Oh, great, great. All the stuff you do in Winnipeg. So you had a, you had a good time in, in the peg there, Louis. It was, it was a good trip. It was great. A lot of relaxing, a yeah. lot of food. I feel so out of shape coming back from, <laughs> from there. Dude, the there amount of just butter and just fat foods. Oh, my God. <laughs> Delicious, but. Yikes. <laughs> well, nothing like a Zoobcast to burn off all the calories by talking. So we will we'll get going because Louie, while you were gone, you missed you missed some big stuff, man. I won't lie. Um, yeah. There was there was some stuff that happened. I don't know if you got Wi-Fi there in the peg, if they're advanced enough for that. But what I will say is as uh we got a new player. Sans got a new player on their team. And he's okay. His name's Alex Abrinkit from Chicago. It's pretty good. Yeah, not um, bad. <laughs> he, he, they didn't really give up that much to get him, actually. They only gave up a first, a second, and a, and a third. They didn't even give up a player. That's pretty cool. That's not bad. Yeah, um, I can't believe they didn't give up a prospect or anything. I know. I, I, it's, honestly, I was like... So, yeah, just, you know, to officially say it, Alex Dabrinkit is an Ottawa senator. He was acquired for the seventh overall pick, which turned into Kevin Korczynski. The 39th overall pick, I don't actually remember who that turned into. Paul Ludwinski. Okay, yeah, there you go. They're, they're big on the skis. Yeah. Um. And the third round pick is for ne- next year, maybe two years from now. It's 24, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and for that price, the Sens get a 40 goal scorer who is 20, like what, 24? He's, and yeah, he's 24 left. or 24 he might turn 25 soon. And yeah, the thing is, he's still sure. an RFA after next year. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, sure, he's Jesus. got his QO or whatever, but still, yeah, that's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Unreal. Um, Alex Dabrinkit, man, this that's cool. I, I won't lie. I saw Frank Cervelli tweet it, like, Hawks negotiating this with the Sens. I'm like, oh, man, they're about to sell the farm for this. Like, this is, might be ugly. And I see the return. I'm like, are you serious? Like, that's it? It's got to be that's missing crazy. something. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, my first reaction was was a bit of shock. I was very excited. Um, I was also very excited because it means the Sens wouldn't have to pick seventh because, they. let's be honest, they're probably not making a good pick at seven. Um, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I did feel bad. I felt bad for you and Josh <laughs> because we had this whole draft episode. <laughs> yeah, I literally posted the whole thread earlier that day. Yeah, I was like, oh, Louis's going to hurt. Louis's not going to like that. But, oh, no, honestly, ecstatic. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah. I was upstairs. I was like, all right, going to take a quick shower. Hopefully I don't miss anything. I literally come back and all I see, first thing that pops up on my Twitter feed is Josh's tweet saying, 
what an incredible turnaround in vibes today. I'm like, what the hell did I miss? <laughs> so I come down, so I scroll down and then I see, I didn't even see any of the speculation, like hearing that, like the next tweet was the official thing. And I was like, no way. So I ran up, told my dad and everything. And I was, yeah, I was yeah. losing my mind. Yeah, that's, uh, it was a heck of a day because let's not forget how this day started for the Ottawa Senators. Um, so yeah, just to, just to, to finish this point here, uh, to break it, Ottawa Senator, He's in, he seems excited. Teammates are texting him. He's going to play with Stutzel, apparently, which will be sick. Um, he's going to play the power play. He's going to score so many goals, and it's going to be great. So go sets. Um, but, but yes, as Louis said, vibes, or as Josh said, I guess, the mm-hmm. vibes changed, which means they were bad. And draft day is fun because everyone throws out the trades and everyone's like talking and there's a lot of, a lot of rumblings, a lot of discussion. And some of that involved uh, everyone's favorite Ottawa Senator, Matt Murray, who was rumored to have been uh, in trade talks, heavily in trade talks with the Buffalo Sabres. And yes. allegedly, allegedly, the price um, for the Ottawa Senators to trade Matt Murray to Buffalo was to trade him along with their seventh overall pick for the 16th overall pick. I believe it was the 16th overall pick that was held at the time by the Buffalo Sabres. So if that was the trade, <laughs> instead of, if that's how you're using the seventh overall pick, yeah. instead of on 40 goal scorer Alex Dorinkis, there's a problem. And not even to fully unload him. It's 25% retained, right? Yeah, the, of course, 25% retained. But they did say... I don't know if this was like just saying, oh, we still would have if this is like revisionist or anything, but I'm pretty sure Bruce did report or Pierre said, I don't remember exactly what it was, but that they were still going to move forward with attempting this Debrinket trade. If that had gone through, they would have just used the 16th and more value, which Which would suck. Maybe, I guess that's an indicator. I guess that value between 16th and 7th would be how much, because there's still speculations with Matt Murray, right? That's how much. It would cost a offload, I guess, 75% of his... Oh? We have breaking Zoopcast news. Oh? It's not a Sens thing, but it's... Oh. It, I, this is relevant to you, I, specifically. I, oh? Oh, no. Your favorite non-Sens player, Valerie Nichushkin. Yeah? Is returning to Colorado for eight, an eight-year years? contract. Oh, yeah. my God! Yeah. Pierre LeBrun with that five minutes ago. What are your immediate thoughts? Louis's mouth is open currently on the Zoom, so. I did not think he'd get eight years. That is a lot of years. Wow. A lot of years. It's the most amount of years, actually, that you can give a person. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's it's especially weird given that I think we just saw earlier that apparently the Avalanche were closing in on something with Burakovsky, or was it the, I don't think it was closing in. Oh, no, no, sorry. They were, yeah. Progressing. They were progressing. As more like, it's leaning towards they're going to keep him too. I wonder how that affects it now because before we were kind of split down the middle on whether Nachushkin would go back, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the dollar is, value has not yet been. Yeah, I'm refreshing Twitter trying to get that right now. But anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, but uh, what were what were we even freaking talking about? Matt Murray. <laughs> we're talking about Matt yeah. Murray. Yeah. Well, I was talking yeah. about the possible Matt Murray trade, and then you just were like, "I'm sorry, oh, well, I felt like I, you wanted to." Wanted yeah, to yeah, no, 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 totally. I was just hopefully wondering if it was the Matt Murray trade that would have finally, you know, <laughs> happened. Yeah. For, for better or <laughs> no, for worse. No, that, that would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. Um, already 27. Eight uh, years. That's def- well, 
Who did all they have? Is this, so they got a new GM, right? That's his first move. Seth, what's his name? Chris Chris McFarr something. What's did you see Colorado did this? They they promoted uh, Joe Sackick to oh right right head right. of player or head of hockey ops, and Chris McFarland is the GM. So this is a this is the first Chris McFarland move. Uh, it's an eight year sure. contract for Valerie to choose at an unknown AAV currently, but we'll keep you updated. I mean, you'll yeah. know by now. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, Matt Murray. Matt Murray, so the latest on Matt Murray is that he's going to get traded. He's pretty much traded at Toronto. Uh, yeah. Like, everyone's, like, pending physical from the – which is fair from a Toronto perspective. Like, yeah, yeah. The doctors are, like, looking at him, and they're like, okay, what's us here? What's going on? Um, they're looking at him, and if they like what they see, I'm very scared for the return. And what we're yeah, gonna me be. too. Yeah. It's just I, the I think fact is... that I, I just don't I don't want to interrupt you too much, but just the fact that I don't know. um like he's a Sue Greyhound and all that stuff that's pushing it towards okay, it might not have to be as much. And just based on what we've seen from some insiders, it seems like the sweetener might not be too crazy, or it might be closer to. But like we can't yeah. trust that. Can't you know, trust like, it. I'm I'm still very scared. I agree with you. I I don't know what it's gonna be. Um, do we think Connor Brown is going to go back the other way? Mm. Like, cause if it's just Connor Brown and you're still retaining, even that would be very underwhelming. Yeah, that would not be great. I think I would like to keep Connor Brown at least for now. I know there's the stuff about, you know, he's going to go walk in this case. Definitely. If it means like, yeah, like I'd rather obviously trade him for a top four guy, but we can also like, you just know that you're going to trade Murray to the Leafs and he's going to be unreal. Like he's going to never get injured. He's going to have like a 925 or a 930. He's going to be sick. And then you're going to, it's going to be a bad trade. Like, you know, I think all sense fans know this is going to be a bad trade one way or another. Like it, it won't end well, but it's also at the same time. It's like if your management, you can't like, there's no scenario that sees Murray coming back at this point i think like that bridge has almost been burned yeah. entirely just right just because of how this has played out um yeah i, I totally still agree think i still don't think buying him out should be off the table would you agree it's just because there's two years left so it would go like four years his buyout that's the thing it would extend to a point where again we don't know what the um what the money situation is going to be like for, yeah. for the organization for that far but especially for a team that's that might not have the actual cap as their internal cap that could really hurt, especially because at that point you're contending, you know, it's true. so hopefully, 2 million hopefully. could really make the difference. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's I could totally see Murray doing well. I just, even if he gets traded, you look at the amount of games he's played in the past few seasons. And since 2016, 17, he's played 49, 49, 50, 38, 27, 20. There's no yeah. way he's not getting an injury in there. Like just, Looking at his history, I mm-hmm. I don't think he gets a full season in. He might do what? Like, listen, in 18 games, with a, in the first 18, he had like a 920, and then he led in 15 yeah, goals great. in two games, which brought him down then to Then he played Arizona. Sense. Yeah, exactly. So, who knows? It's, so, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. What's our the, motto again? The goal is just voodoo. voodoo. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know what? Whatever. And then, but, but here's the other thing. I was listening to TSN 1200 momentarily today, and they were talking about the Murray thing. And here's where... I, Here's the thing. You trade Murray, sure. I don't really want Murray on the team that much, to be honest. Like, I'm pretty yeah. indifferent towards that. Okay, let's say you trade Murray, whatever. Your goalie tandem is now Anton Forsberg, 
and Philip Gustafson. That does not inspire an incredible amount of confidence in me. I think Forsberg is fine. I think Gustafson has been good and he has been bad. And I don't know. I feel like that's not, but you know, I mean, goalies are voodoo. Maybe they're both gross. I don't know. But like, it's just, that doesn't, that doesn't feel like an incredibly awe-inspiring goalie tandem. Like there's no, like, you know, you you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, well, meh, whatever. Like that's, that might, might give you a 9.15. It might give you a 9.10. Yeah, in Forsberg's defense, though, like he, you look at his season last year, he was what, I again, I know it's goalie, so consistency, blah, 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 but yeah, it was a top 10, he was a top 10 goalie in the league last year, and you could point to the fact that, you know, he's never had, like, a consistent place to stay to, like, you know, get a system to grow in, like, he's been bouncing around, like, during the, during the pandemic and all that stuff, he was waived, like, three, four times, moved a bunch around, so, yeah, who knows, maybe it's, he's found some sort of footing probably not just knowing goalies but he could be the answer right he could be the answer could also not <laughs> yeah and then but here's the thing right if he's not the answer if, if Forsberg comes out and he's not that good for some reason whatever it is your your backup plan is now Philip Gustafson who I know has been good like we've seen him be good yeah exactly seen him been really good we've also seen him been really not that good and so let's say Forsberg comes in and sucks. Gustafson comes in and sucks. Now, what are you doing? Right. Well, at that point you're screwed with anything. Like I, I get your point, but it's just, I feel like I'd rather run because I know there's rumors that apparently the Sens are trying to go after another, like after a goalie, if they can Kemper. get rid of Murray's contract, which yeah, but I feel like there's a decent enough chance that not both of them will be awful. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. So, and I'd rather allocate the value or money elsewhere. Yeah, it's fair. I think it's just from a name perspective as well. Like, there's no bona fide starter. No yeah. offense to Forsberg, but but even then, that's the thing. Know. Those names are never fully consistent, right? No. So no, it's true. I don't know. We'll see. The goalies are stupid. Well, I don't know what'll happen. But anyway, we have a lot of stuff to get to here, so we're gonna yes. move on. Um, Murray might be here, but he probably won't be. Debrinket, very cool. The Sens also drafted some players on draft day. Believe it or not, they didn't pick until. Did not pick until 64, but they had nine picks and they used all of them uh, from the second round on. And they very, very interesting mix of players. Um, One thing that I will say right off the bat is compared to the previous draft 2021, this did not seem nearly as dire. Much better. (laughs) Yeah, this did not seem there was no apocalyptic Tyler Boucher, Ben Roger takes. Um, Everything seemed... You know, there's a couple of reaches here and there, whatever, but that's yeah. sad. And it's like, even then, do? it's not like 2019 where you could shift everyone down a peg and then still keep your top pick and add on mm-hmm. to that. This one, it's like you rearrange like the order of the picks a little and it's fine. Yep. So overall, before even saying the names, the consensus is a decent draft by the sense. It was not a bad draft by the sense. Yeah. And now we're going to get into, uh, see, Louis is going to say a little bit about each pick one at a time here. Um, we'll go in the order in which they were drafted. Their first pick in the second round, uh, 64th overall, is Philip Nordberg, who is a defenseman, played junior in Sweden. Uh, now, he was projected a bit higher than this. He was not projected to go around Like higher this. number. Yeah, mean. as higher number. Yes, yes sorry. So lower in the draft, yeah. <laughs> it's always that. The draft is stupid. He was, he was projected to go later in the draft. Um, but that being said, uh, Louis, there is still some stuff to like about Philip Nordberg. Yeah, and 
he's what he's the dev camp just started right he's the only guy who's not yep. there from the draft class uh yep. i'm assuming he's in sweden doing something but he's going to be playing most likely in the ushl next year um but yeah he's got good shutdown d-man potential you know he uses physicality very well um especially like inside a zone uh right up against guys along the boards he's really good at doing that um and what the uh, what the Sen scouts and like Trent Man and Miko Rutu were adamant about is that he's got good speed. Like he is able to really mix his physicality, defense, and skating very well, and really underrated passing. The thing that kind of makes me feel a little eh about the pick is his quick turning. Like he, if he can improve his pivoting speed and his mechanics to really efficiently transfer his his top speed to like laterally in other directions to like defend the rush and all that stuff, he'll be much better. But as of now his quick feet in short distances are not quite where you'd like it to be. And that's fair. I think from, you know, especially in a class like this that might've been regarded as not so strong um, and the Sens not having a pick until 64, you're going to assume a lot of these are project picks, which yeah. is fine. And the, th- the thing is, again, and, skating is fixable. That's a very fixable trait. Yep. yep. You got to work with some coaches. There's a lot of great skating coaches who can, who can do that. And, and yeah, he's playing in the USHL. He'll be close to closer to Pierre Dorian and, the Sen staff, and maybe there's some communication there. But yeah, that is Philip Norberg, the second round, 64th overall pick by the Sens. And they, with their next pick, they stayed in Sweden, um, which was kind of cool. Back-to-back Swedes in the first couple of picks. Uh, Oscar Peterson, not the Canadian jazz pianist Oscar Peterson, but or Pedersen, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's a Swedish it's hockey player. It's and he plays right wing. There you go. He plays right wing and he plays junior in Sweden. He's picked 72nd overall. And uh, from the very limited knowledge that I know about him, he is a shooter. Yeah, uh, he's he's basically a very one dimensional power forward right now. He's really good at like driving the net and like his signature skill is really being in front of the net and really just playing the shit out of the crease, basically. Which, I mean, we've seen a lot of good stuff come from that in Ottawa, right? But right now, he's still got really inefficient skating, not much playmaking game. Uh, And the thing is, in general, when you want a scorer or even a power forward to succeed in the NHL, you need someone who's also going to be really good on retrievals along the boards, get open offensively, aside from just in front of the crease, right, Uh, to get chances. And right now, he's not quite there. So if he can really build a multifaceted power forward game instead of just a simply net-focused one he has right now, then he could possibly you know transfer the goal scoring potential he has right now but this was probably the pick I disagreed with the most just in terms of difference between where I think he should have gone and where he actually went like Nordberg was a little high but it's basically a third round pick at this point I didn't mind it Pedersen I didn't really think he'd go until from from what I've seen like much much later mm-hmm. but at this point whatever again it's a it's a mid third you have so many other picks randomly and we'll see what the later picks that they, they make up for it yeah, and, and one thing about the Sens that everybody knows is they will, no matter what, they are going to pick their player. <laughs> so it yep. doesn't matter where in the draft it is. And he, he, let, let's be honest, he was going to go to them no matter what. So might as well just take him. And we'll see what he can do in, in junior in Sweden. Um, before we get to this next guy, the Dachushkin AAV is 6.1. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, don't I, mean, think, I don't think that was gross. That's not no, gross. No, that's... Survey. I, I was getting kind of ready for this range too because I saw Evolving Wilds uh like free agency preview and they had mm. him pretty much around this range, but just for a shorter contract, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess the longer term was to lower the AAV, but like to be fair, you look at Nachushkin's play, he's a really smart player, and 
I don't think he'll deteriorate a crazy amount. He should be a good bet to, you know, keep the value of his contract later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Then we interrupt the draft coverage with the Valerie Nichushkin 8 by 6.1 contract extension with the Avalanche. Um, now, this next pick, everybody seems to like. Uh, this was, I'd say, considered the <clears throat> consensus best pick of the draft for the Sens. Easily. Yes. Uh, I know you really liked it on Twitter, <laughs> but yeah. uh, Thomas Hamara is a defenseman from Finland who was picked 87th overall in the third round. And he's at dev camp and people like him. People really, really like him. And they thought that this was a steal by the Sens, which is not something that you often hear. So Louie, what can you tell us about the D-man from Finland? Well, yeah, I, honestly, like definitely their best pick of the draft, like by far. I had him, when I did my top 40, he was basically, maybe not directly after that, but around in that range maybe the later later bit of the next range after that so maybe closer to like 50 or something and to pick him up at 87 is huge value like he's he really plays the modern game very well super complete uh he's got a really nice skate and base very mobile and he does what you want a lot of defensemen to do in the modern game recently is which activate into the play you know look for plays where he can involve himself instead of just being stagnated at the blue line he does it super well very efficiently and even then uh, he, you know, distributes the puck very well when he has the puck. Uh, he can quarterback super well in the offensive zone. And he's improved a ton defensively too, which could really make make him more of a two-way guy uh, at the next level, even though he, you know, he's only six foot, six foot zero, 185, which whatever, honestly. But it, it's good to see the Sens pick a guy that's more geared towards, uh, I guess, just a shorter, shorter-ish guy, you know, six feet. And that has more of those modern instincts as compared to some of the more tools-based players that they've targeted more recently. Yep. And it was quite cool to see. I don't know if you saw this breakaway video that the yes. Sens posted where to- uh, Thomas Hammer was FaceTimed by Thomas Shabbat, who, and I think the funniest part is that Hammer goes like, oh, my, my favorite player is like, Tom- like I grew up watching Thomas Shabbat. Like you grew up, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like five years ago, so it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it really, you know, in the nicest way possible, it shows Thomas Shabbat's age a little bit because he's been around a while now. It was like six years, yeah. seven years. So um, Thomas Shabbat, a big fan of Thomas Shabbat, and oh, as he should be, and doing doing really well so far from what I heard. He had a good day today at, uh, at training camp, yeah, at development good, camp. Good, good defensive clips on his part. And also, just, clips, yeah. I guess Shabbat, now that, I don't even know if we've touched on this, but now that Colin White's been bought out, um, oh, yeah, Colin White Shabbat out, by the way. is technically, because he played two games earlier in the year, he's the only player left from the 2016-17 season. Mm. He played two games in that regular season. There so, you yeah, go. Super so fun old. Fact. Very old. Yeah, ancient. Um, but there's Thomas Samra, the, the best pick of the draft for the Sens in 87. And it also finishes off a run of three European players. And then the Sens decided after that they'd had enough of that, so they decided to do three North American players. Um, what can you tell us about the 104th overall pick and Ohio State University commit Stephen Halliday, who's a center? Well, he was, like, many years ago, I remember hearing his name, like, like he was coming up, maybe not quite as, like, a prodigy, but he had a lot of promise. And the thing is he had major, major skating issues and that's still holding him back to this day. Like one of the, like you see him playing, it's, it's bad. Like, you know, heel kicks, just 
not great posture, not good efficiency when he's generating power in his stride. It's gotten better, but it's still really, really holding him back in terms of the way he plays. But to counteract that, he plays a super intelligent game, very patient with the puck. He's also huge. Like he like is a giant in terms of like protecting the puck and all that stuff. I, again, he's still a double overager and he's not super poised when he gets pressured with the puck. So if he can kind of improve that, you know, really build on his skating, we're going to need those, those skating coaches to really help him a ton there. But if he can help that, you know, he, he can really get to maybe not, I, I kind of like to compare it to Logan Brown just a little bit, just because of that, you know, skating. Be very careful with that. Lewis. I know. Well, the crazy thing is that that was the pick that almost went to St. Louis <laughs> yeah <laughs> when we traded logan brown to them and we were on That's the 30 true. game logan brown watch so it yeah. be something to look out for and i think it should be noted that in this stage of the draft when you're getting way later uh swing out on, on upside exactly you're you're just picking like you have you see this guy he's got some promise maybe it'll work maybe it won't but if it does work it's going to be really good and this is a good boom or bust pick i'd say by the totally. looks of it, by the Sens. And if it booms, that's great. That's going to be really cool. Um, so Stephen Halliday going to Ohio State University, which is where Ryan Single played. Yep. Fun fact. So that'll where, be cool I think see. another one of the prospects from this draft is going there too eventually, like two years from now. There's, somebody like dug into this on Twitter, I think. And there's a lot of weird connections in terms of uh, like two of these players are going to play together in the USHL. And then another two are going to play like yeah, the NCAA so, Dubu- together. so so Stephen Halliday is in Dubuque of the USHL right now. Which is where Nordberg's going to go? or Well, it's also where Theo Wahlberg is, Wahlberg. who is the, six, yes. the sixth round pick, who we'll get to later. Um, and there's also two players who we haven't talked about yet, one of which is coming up soon, who are going to UMass. Both of them are going to UMass, which yeah. is a different NCAA school. But anyway, uh, we'll move on. Sense connections. Um, there's Again. connections. It's always the sense. It's always connections. Um, the sense had three fifths, which is kind of funny because it's a weird round to have three picks in. Um, but they used one of them to select. Here's a, you know what? This was a sense pick because the sends are built on friendship and dads. And right now, this was a little bit of both because Jorian Donovan's dad is Sean Donovan, who works for the sends. And Jorian Donovan is friends with all the He knows all the scouts. He knows all the, all the boys. And he's on the sends now. Because uh, they drafted him 136th overall in round five. Uh, he plays in Hamilton in the OHL, so he's pretty close. And he's alongside friend of the pod and sends draft pick Chandler Romeo on D. So yes, sir. is Jorian Donovan more than just Sean Donovan's kid? Absolutely. And, you know, the sends made it clear that when they drafted him, they're like, we wanted to make sure with them that, you know, we're picking you for where you are. And if you're okay with like being in the same organization as your dad's working in and Honestly, this is my second favorite pick of the draft. Well below, like, and by below, I mean, like, he, I probably would have had him around, like, 60 to 80. And the fact that they got him at 136 is, is incredible. Again, another another nice pickup on defense uh, in terms of value. But what what is what is his dad's title exactly? Like, what's his position? Do we know? Oh, I think Sean Donovan is a development coach, but I can check. I could check that for sure. Because there's but... it's not skating coach or something, because... Don, jo, Jorian Donovan's skating profile is absolutely incredible. <laughs> like his his mechanics, his agility, his crossovers are like all top notch. And it would not like it, it makes sense with his dad having the expertise that he does, especially if he's a skating coach. I'm not sure exactly what his title is, but yeah, Donovan's got incredible skating. 
he's super fluid when you watch him play. He's really able to shoulder between skills. Um, when he's activated, he's able to do a lot, which is nice. Some good defensive flashes and uh, really impressive like zone entry numbers. Um, but he's going to have to improve like rush defense, uh, some more defensive consistency. But if he does that, he could really shine in a top pairing role or top or second pairing role. They're losing like half their decor in Hamilton. So he's going to get a ton more ice time and we'll be able to see if he if he can really leverage more of those tools and, you know, take the next step. Mm-hmm. And it's good. It's always nice to see a player drafted in a in the OHL so you could see him. You can always yeah. go. I mean, I saw him six him. times in person this year. There you <laughs> he go. always played Hamilton. Yep. So frustrating. Very frustrating. But anyway, um, to answer your previous question, Sean Donovan's title, according to Wikipedia, a very reliable source, is a development coach. Okay. So... That doesn't tell us that much. But either way, um, I mean, if he is a development coach, he's going to be working with this kid pretty yeah. pretty directly. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yes, Jorian Donovan working with his old man and his old man's team, drafted by the Stems, 136th overall. Um, now, eight picks later, I don't know. I don't scout. I'm not going to act like I know jack about any of these players. But this player... Cameron O'Neill is my favorite pick of the draft because yes. listen to this stat line at Mount St. Charles U18 AAA Academy. Okay. That's probably a pretty poor level of hockey, but I really U18. Yeah. You know what? Whatever. It's not that In bad. 62 games, he had 57 goals and 76 assists for 133 points in 62 games that is more than two points per game that is absurd he is playing next year at tri-city in the ushl and after that he will be going to umass in ncaa so at 143 they're picking this guy who can clearly put up some numbers uh do you think he'll be able to keep doing that as he progresses hopefully obviously not to the point where (laughs) he's been able to currently but um I actually did know about O'Neill before this, and I was very close to putting him when I did our thread about which players I want the sense to pick like later on in the draft. I was, he was one of the final options for one of the later picks because he, he, again, he's a swing on a lot of unknowns, but again, possible upside because he's a super smart offensive player, really good off puck offense that he displayed when he played uh, a few games here and there in USHL. Um, just general like dual threat offensively he's got a bunch of different uh, passes in his arsenal really strong shooting game and even then he's got good smarts and habits in the d zone and some solid checking here and there so he's actually got a pretty well-rounded profile with good offensive upside so if he can really up his efficiency uh you know optimizing which play to make when he has the puck um listen he could really be a surprisingly good pick here yeah, and like we said, nothing wrong with, with swinging for upside this late in the draft. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so we'll see. Cameron O'Neill. Yeah, you're right. You know what? Maybe he, maybe he's not putting up 133 points again in yeah, 62 maybe, games. Maybe. We'll maybe. see. Never know. Um, we'll, we will see. We'll, it'll be exciting to follow him as he moves into the NCAA and continues his hockey journey, hopefully maybe one day to the Sens. So Cameron O'Neill at 143 in round five. The Sens had one more pick in round five. And in classic Ottawa Senators fashion, always need to pick a goalie, always need to pick a gigantic goalie because they pick Kevin Riedler, Riddler, Kevin Riddler, Kevin Riedler 
So yeah. Kevin Riedler. Now, obviously, this stage in the draft, we don't really know a lot about any of these guys. So we're not going to give full in-depth scouting, even no. the smartest he's big. like Louie. He's, yeah, he's big. He's 6'6". Six, six. He's 6'6". Six, yeah. six, he played in Sweden. Um, anything else? <laughs> not really. I mean, he basically just played U18 last year and did fairly well, like hovering around like a 920-ish. So it's going to be interesting if he can, you know, get some reps into the Allsvenskan going to U20 next year. Yep, there he is, Kevin Riddler. He's a goalie. He's ours now. Um, he exists. He exists. Round, that round out of the fifth round. Um, round six, pick 168. Uh, Theo Wahlberg is a Swedish defenseman. Um, he is playing in Dubuque in the USHL. Probably just yep. Nordberg light, but just with better transition and less good physicality. I don't know. Like, again, at this point, we don't know much about them. Like, even then our next pick, Tyson Dick, in, who was our seventh rounder, right? Yep. I, Dude, I could not find anything on him. Are you kidding me? Like, well, his name's Tyson Dick, and yeah, he's going to I, UMass. So. I saw a couple good highlights, so maybe good stick handling skills. <laughs> like, who knows at this point? But he's yeah. he, he's one of the guys that's uh, meeting up with O'Neill eventually at UMass, right? Yes, or whatever. yes he's going to UMass. Um, so maybe the, the deadly O'Neill-Dick connection at UMass is going to terrorize the ncaa um but that that rounds out the draft man like this was this was not a bad draft by the sens a lot of upside picks uh hamera looks like a steal at 87 Hell yeah. um there is nordberg and also petterson there too which is those are two players really like the and donovan and o'neill picks those Don- yeah there's donovan at donovan o'neill um and you know what the whole big point of this is they got to bring it so i don't care yeah. about any of the other picks that they make um there you go what a draft for the sense so now that the draft is a distant memory four days ago um we're moving we're moving on here the, the nhl calendar moves quick this time of year uh free agency is on wednesday we're recording this on monday free agency is on wednesday and the sends are not done uh, by according to everyone the sends are not done so the biggest thing, besides the Murray thing, which we touched on already, that'll probably drop in the next 24 to 48 hours, I'd assume. Yeah. Um, the Sens have a couple of things they need to do. And the first thing they need to do, or the most important thing they need to do, is they need to get a D. Uh, because they've been talking about this for so long. They've been linked, they've been linked to a lot of guys, um, some through trade and... Well, really all of them through the trade. I don't know who they're going to get. All the D and free agency suck, except Klingberg. I don't really think I want to go there. I, yeah, me neither. He's so bad defensively. Good Lord. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, there's three defensemen that the Sens have been linked to via trade. And they are Jacob Chikrin, uh, John Marino, and Mackenzie Weger. Uh, out of those three, I'm going to ask you a two-part question. Out of those three players... Which one do you want the most? And which one makes the most sense based on probable return, ask, and fit? Okay, so easily the one I want the most is Uyghur. Not even close, personally. Yeah. Like, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. I mean, he's he might not be as underrated anymore in the past year or year and a bit um, because he's played so well on the top pair with and without Ekblad when he was and wasn't injured. Um, like, and again, he's got, he's got Ottawa ties, right? So of course, who knows maybe, but yeah, he's like super good all throughout great offensive numbers, 
incredibly good transition numbers too, and still good play driving defensively, uh, good at preventing zone entries. Um, but I think the most likely is probably still Marino. Um, he's going to be worth less to acquire. There is the whole Ryan bonus thing uh, because he was in Pittsburgh and they're trying to shed cap. Maybe given that Malkin said he's going to free agency, right? Cause yeah. that's been announced not too long before we started recording this. Maybe they're not as eager on giving up Marino because they were still trying to sign them and they're trying to shed salary. Cause I think that's what, that's what came out about Pittsburgh because they wanted to be able to resign Malkin and Latang, which they locked up. So right. who knows if they're still trying to ship him out. Maybe they still are. Maybe they're going to try to convince Malkin and really step up their offer and they'll have to get rid of Marino. Maybe that'll help us. But I, I think that's the one that's most probable while I prefer Uyghur and I, apparently the chicken rumors haven't completely dried out, but that's not happening. Uh, uh, we interrupt this with a Darren Jagger tweet three minutes ago that says, sounds like Matt Murray to the Leafs is getting close. Are we going to have to keep recording until it happens? So, uh, like, yeah, like, here's what I think. So our plan right before we we started, we're like, let's go for, like, after we finish the draft, we're like, let's go for 10 more minutes and then stop. But I'm, I mean, if we should, we could do a little live Zoom cast reaction. Well, okay, but here's the thing. We have to give this a limit. <laughs> we could we, we could do I mean, because here's the thing like in in darren dreger language what does getting close mean that could be an hour that could be five minutes that could be two days so yeah i'm gonna keep here's what we'll do i'm gonna keep refreshing twitter we're gonna go through this whatever the rest of the stuff we've got here to be fair the can. thing is we've known it's been close for forever so the fact that he's saying now it's close like even closer yeah. than the before that's promising yeah, it is. So it's funny because we were literally talking about this before we recorded. We because there was the news this morning that came out. We were like, "Watch this tweet. Watch this deal get completed right <laughs> after we finish recording." And yeah, honestly, well, it might happen now. We have the warning now that it's happening, so that's yeah, good. that's true. Um, okay, let's keep going here. I'll 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 keep an eye on Twitter. Um, but let's keep going. So we have yeah, obviously, as Louis said, Uyghur might be the best option. Marino might be the most likely. And there have been reports that they're still in on Chikrin. I think a lot of other teams are also in on Chikrin. <laughs> so that might not be the... And I think he's going to be quite expensive, especially for Arizona. Uh, yeah. Our ways with that. Especially so, given he's got, what, like three years at only like 4.6 million. Yeah, very good contract for him. So um, we'll see what happens. But, but at the end of the day, they need a D. And they're going to get... They're going to have to get a D. The, But, you know, just to entertain all venues here, uh, free agency... The D core is very thin, or the D selection is very thin. You have Klingberg, you have like Nick Letty, you have Subban, you have yeah, that's kind of it. Like Ben Sherratt, you, you have Ben Sherratt, yeah, he's there. <laughs> um, so what we're trying to say is it's probably gonna be a trade. It's not looking good, and yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. But but speaking of D and trading, a lot of a lot of reports coming out that Zaitsev's done. He's gone. I hope so. Allegedly. I mean, listen, they're really looking to shed cat like bad cap. You wonder if they might do something about him or not Hammonic, uh, Michael Del Auto. Like, yeah. Will they will they just bury him? Because what's his? I'm assuming his cap's kind of the same. Well, did you see the report the about the Cassian thing? Uh, maybe. Okay, so apparently, so obviously Zach Cassian uh, was traded to yeah. the uh to Coyotes by the Oilers, and. Allegedly, the Sens were almost going to do it. They almost traded for Cassian, and the package apparently would have included Michael Delzato going the other way. Hmm. So, 
I don't know what that means. Maybe he could be a part of a package. Maybe yeah. he sticks around. Maybe he gets bought out. I don't really know. It's a real, he's a he's a weird one. But Zaitsev, it seems like, and the Brute Garyok has said this as well, so that's why it makes me think that it's actually going to happen. Is apparently they're they're looking actively looking to either buy him out or trade him. Um, yeah, and it's going to be a trade. It's not going to be a buyout with Zaitsev. Mm-hmm. No chance. Um, yeah. But th- th- another great sign is the fact that Pinto just let Debrinket have twelve. Meaning twenty two <laughs> might yeah. be available soon. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see. One one can dream. Yeah. One can one can definitely dream. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I I think. I think they should trade Zaitsev. But but at that at that point, like, what are you getting? You're not getting much back. You're not getting. You're probably gonna. Have to oh, no 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 that. no. Yeah yeah. You're a hundred percent giving up assets for it. It's it's probably gonna be something like ham to Arizona for like. Uh, do we have a contending team second? <laughs> like sure something like that (laughs) like probably not a high second maybe like a high third third and a fourth something i I don't really know yeah like that that's a whatever like i can take that (laughs) i will let that let that especially if it means you're using it that cap space that you liberated to actually get impact players which is what it seems to be the plan this offseason and you know what they got to give them credit because there's a lot of questions about like you know Pierre Pierre McGuire, um, Pierre McGuire. Pierre Dorian is going to be judged. No, never again. Pierre Dorian is going to be. He's at the draft. On, I don't know. Did you see him on TV there? Holy crap! That was. Uh, at least he was definitely talking. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Pierre Dorian will be judged on what he does, and so far he's doing okay. Like he got to break it for nothing. That's pretty sick. He did. He got a decent draft. He's saying. He's saying so far. He's saying the right things, and yep. he's doing the right things. And he's in on the right players. Like. Yep. He's like, you know, they got Redden in the in the front office, or not yes. the front office, but they got Redden back with the team. That's great. That was cool to see him at DevCamp today. Um, it seems like things like everything's going in the right direction. Like finally, like it's we're we're really going the right way. And now it's just a question of can you like execute and like finish and like get something done. Um, but I don't know. I like I I still think it's gonna be. I I really want to think it's gonna be Uyghur. I think Uyghurs. Oh, like, that'd be incredible, but I don't think Ottawa Florida's guy. letting him and, go. And the other factor to this is when you talk about pieces they can trade away. I know people are pretty split on this. Connor Brown is sad openly that he's probably going free agency. Yeah, so summer. you get rid of him right now when he's at the highest value. Like his value well, is okay, going to decline. Okay, but here's the thing about that: is he at his highest value right now? Because I, I would like, I would like to make an argument that he is not. He, he won't play top six next year. That's the thing. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's playing, he's entering a contract year. And, mm. you know, historically, yeah, players in contract years like to do better. <laughs> and they try harder, maybe got a bit of a chip on their shoulder. He might not be playing top six, but he's still going to play penalty kill, which he's good at. And he's going to play the third line and be an effective third liner. And teams at the deadline love that shit. Like, they are all over it. Um, you could wait and trade yeah so like my point is it's not a very cohesive argument but you could trade carter brown right now in a package for a defenseman or you could let him play out be an effective player for you if his value is super high and you're out of the playoffs by february trade him at the deadline or keep him let him walk if it's worth it for the playoff run um i like i what i'm saying is i'm leaning more towards keeping carter brown yeah i i still think trading him now is good because I sure maybe he underproduced or got like a little unlucky. Like he still had 39 points in 64 games, which maybe he could 
like do a little better next year with better line mates, uh, maybe. But again, not a lock. He'll play top six, and he no chance he'll play his twenty minutes of ice time per game that he had this year. So I I just think it's it's absolutely gonna go gonna go downhill for him in terms of value, and it's just it's it doesn't seem like there's a spot that they're keeping for him anymore. And given that there's so many rumors, I just think he's he's gone. 100%, especially given you have Formanton coming up. You have Joseph well, Forman- coming up. Speaking of Formanton, yes. there's been a lot of mock Formanton trades out there yeah. on the internet. I don't know about, I don't know what that's about really, but well, I, I mean, we, we kind of know what it's about. But yes. Yep. You, you know, but like, what would, if, if you were to trade Formanton, we're kind of jumping from topic to topic here because I'm honestly just refreshing. Waiting for the, the Matt Murray trade. Jobs. Um, what 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 is your what is Formanton's value right now on the open market? You get a you get a first for Formanton? I don't think so. Maybe high second. Uh, I don't really know. Like because at this point, it it's kind of like the Connor Brown thing where yeah he plays PK. He's got the the defensive um, what, what's the word, a reputation that he's like a decent defensive forward. Um, mm-hmm. And he listen. He does generate offense, whether he finishes on his on his individually generated chances or not. That's a different thing. Very but I mean, listen. He still had 18 goals. He had an incredible stretch this year, um, where he was like a point per game for what, like 20 something games, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. I listen. I it, you're right. It could be one of Formanton or Connor Brown getting traded. Could be both. Again, depends how how aggressive they want to be this off season. And mm-hmm. so far, it seems like. They're, they're at least being way more aggressive than usual, which is nice. Mm, it is. And if you want to speak about being aggressive, Claude Giroux is on the open market and he's been linked to Ottawa for ages. And I know they just got to rank it, and that's great. But imagine if they get Giroux too. Oh my God. That'd be <laughs> unreal. That'd be so. That's, at that point, you probably have to trade Connor Brown. No, or, definitely. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, and not only that, the, the other argument I see for trading one of or both of Connor Brown and Formington is that you can get a you, you can get a ton of guys we talk we can look at the guys that didn't get QO'd today and you can bring in those guys for free I mean free I mean like you just sign them but you don't have to give up yeah. any value for them and you can trade Formanton or Connor Brown away and get more value back which you can then use to package for a top four or those guys specifically for a top 4d like today the news came out that Milano is is didn't get tendered by the Ducks, which is ridiculous because he's yep. like super good play driving. And and and, and the Ducks also did not qualify St- Sam Steele. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So I have I not kept up with doing. Sam Steele, but there could be potential there too. But yeah, Milano yeah. could be a nice, like really, he's got really good playmaking numbers. Um, Dylan Strom is a guy that Josh has been campaigning for the sense to get for a, for a good bit now and he's not could we talk about what the hell the blackhawks are doing like they didn't don't tender sh- strom yeah. or kubalik like <laughs> sure if you don't want him back whatever but you got to trade those guys they got to have value right like yes. it's ridiculous especially they in also, a rebuilding team they also put was it brett Connolly and some other at least somewhat serviceable player on unconditional it was uh, buyout. it was bemstrom Oh no, 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 no. It's ended with a strum. Yeah. Anyway, the point is like, what? even then you look at the Debrinket trade too. They didn't get a ton. And listen, their draft was fine. If you, if you swap around Nazar for Korchinski and where those guys were placed, they also got rid of Doc. That's another one. What are they doing with their Borgstrom? Right. 
But yeah, they're literally going to have no players next year. It's going to be hilarious. The fact that they're going through a rebuild and they're holding on to their old UFAs with one year left on their contract instead of being the guys you trade away is ridiculous. This is shades of like Buffalo openly tanking for McDavid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're going for Bedard so, so bad right now. Like it's pretty crazy. The thing is, it's such a good draft. And listen, they were going to be awful anyway. Yeah, what no, is the it. point in taking this hard? It. You oh, have hopefully. they finish last. They they give up this much value to finish last, and they 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 get what they they get an eighteen point five percent chance at Bedard. Like, yeah. are, you, are you shitting me? You're doing this for an eighteen point five percent chance. Sure, he's a generational player. Listen, he's going to be incredible. Unreal. But even if you don't get him, then and you don't do as bad as this, you still have a chance that depending on how his contract goes and again how his next season goes, you have Mitchkov, you have Zach Benson. You have Adam Fantilli, Brayden Yeager, Riley Height, Leo Carlson, Charlie Stramel. There's so many guys. It's going to be an incredible draft. You don't need to take this ridiculously hard for an 18.5% chance at Bedard. It's kind of ridiculous. It is. And as I look at the time and, and, my, and my Twitter feed here, um, I'm not seeing any, any more Matt Murray no. news, and it's, we're, we're at time. So I, I, I think we're going to... I think we're going to call it. And you know what's going to happen is we're going to call it. And then as soon as we end this recording, it's going to happen. So um, for all Damn of it, Sens, yeah, for all of Sense fans' sakes, we're going to end the episode so you can see the Matt Marine news. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we hope that you enjoyed our draft coverage, which is essentially officially come to an end here. Uh, with with the end of the draft and the and the recap, I would like to shout out Louis for being a beast and doing some excellent scouting and being very smart and using a lot of his time to do it. Same thing with Josh, who did a good bit of scouting as well. Um, these guys work very hard and they deserve the shout outs. So good job to the other Zoocast hosts. I just sat. I didn't really do anything. I just kind of existed and and hosted the pod. So they deserve a bunch of credit and. We're gonna get going. We're, we're gonna we're gonna see what free agent what happens at free agency. We're gonna record after the Sens have made a couple moves, hopefully. Um, yeah. And we'll see where the team is from there. And then after that, it's waiting. And after that, it's waiting until the season. We'll get some guests on, hopefully, and fill the time with some fun stuff. Um, but until then, uh, the one last friggin' refresh of the Twitter. I there's, know. There's I'm nothing. going through it furiously but, right oh, now. Oh, here you go, Louis. Uh, no way. Ty Felliber did not get a QO. No! Oh, yeah. wait, that's huge. Sign yeah. him, Ottawa. So, yeah, he's former 67 Ty Felber. And we'll, we will leave the we'll leave the episode with that. So goodbye, everybody, and we will see you guys next time.